Welcome to another Keel Hall Podcast. I'm your host, Captain Logan, and we've got a lot of Sea Thieves news to cover today, so tie yourselves to the mast and hold fast. Ahoy there, pirates. I hope you had yourselves a good week and a good weekend. I know I did. This week, we're going to be talking about Black Friday sales, a little more in depth on the latest tall tale, your stories from the community, and more, all on this episode of Keel Hall Podcast. First up on today's docket, let's talk about Black Friday sales, because I feel like that's kind of what was on everyone's mind last week. Now, many of you in North America are uh, celebrating with Black Friday. Well, I shouldn't say North America. I should say specifically the United States. We are celebrating Thanksgiving, and there's a lot to be thankful for. And in this case, Rare has given us a chance to pick up a new cosmetic specifically just for the Black Friday sale, uh, which is typically sometime between Friday and Cyber Monday. Now, this is where some of the contention with the community came in when these were revealed. When these were revealed, uh, they were said that they were going to be on sale for a limited amount of time during Black Friday. So from Black Friday all the way to, I believe, the Tuesday, uh, December 3rd uh, at midnight. So you have some time still to get these if you haven't. If you're looking for them and you want to know where to pick them up, head to the Xbox store or the Microsoft store, search for Sea of Thieves Golden Skull Sales, S-A-I-L-S, and you will find those appropriate for your region. Now for America, they are the standard price of what I believe is $8, $7.99. I believe they're $7.99 or uh, $6.99. I can't quite remember, but I think they're $8. And a lot of people were anticipating them to be cheaper. And for good reason, usually for Black Friday, we typically see a lot of discounted items. These, however, are not discounted. These are the standard premium collector's cost for cosmetics when you look at the sales and the figureheads that typically show up in the Emporium they are the same price. Now, a lot of people are upset about the miscommunication on Rare's part. And I, I definitely see where the confusion is. But when I heard this, I didn't immediately think that these would be discounted sales. I thought that these would be time-limited sales. And the sales was as a, a pun on the Black Friday sale and not necessarily indicative of being cheaper. Now, a lot of you are going to argue that with me, and I will ask you to go back to the dev video where Joe specifically stated that these would be on sale, not at a discount, but more likely available. And that's a that's a tough thing um, when you're dealing with how you message stuff. And uh, this was something that I even recommended that when they do kind of promotions for this because they had just recently done a tweet and I, I retweeted it with a comment asking Rare to reconsider the way that they they uh, approach this instead of saying that something is on sale or for sale and confusing people on whether or not there's a discount uh, as opposed to just having an availability to changing that too. These are now available for a limited time to help try and reduce the confusion about how come these are quote unquote so expensive. Bear in mind, they are still the same price as the collector's cost. Now, a lot of people are already still going to be on that side where $8 for uh, sales are already too much. But I'm not talking about them. 
they've already set out to their mind that it doesn't matter what the cost is, it's already too high, even if it was on sale or not. It could be $10 down to eight and people, they would still think it was too high priced. So I'm not speaking to them. The people that I'm speaking to are the people who had an expectation in their mind and didn't keep that expectation in check because we're dealing with a, a situation where Rare is a UK-based company and they don't celebrate Thanksgiving like we do. And because of that, it's one of those things where we tend to go in with assumptions and you know what you do when you make an assumption. And I just, I, I feel bad that this kind of confusion came into play because these are really cool sales. In fact, they're so cool that had the swords been flipped, and if you haven't seen these, to, to kind of give you an idea of what these are, these are pure black sales, but in the middle of them, there is a gold, like shiny gold skull and crossbones. Well, not crossbones, cross swords. And I think the thing that kind of, there's two things. One, the hilt guard on the on one of the swords is actually upside down. It, it actually should be pointing down because uh, the arc of the way the arc of the blade is, it, it would actually be pre protecting uh, the the back hand as opposed to the actual knuckles, which is what the point of the uh, the hilt guard was designed for. So you could punch someone and have it not uh, not hurt your finger fingers. And the other thing is is that if the swords had been flipped horizontally so that the that the tips of the blades were pointing down it would have been perfect because it would have looked exactly like the original keelhauled logo the logo that i used from rare that artwork it would have looked almost exactly like that and i would have been able to claim that as mine because there was a point when anniversary update came out that i did a special uh version a special like limited edition version of the podcast um logo where the keelhauled logo was pure black with a gold skull and, and cross swords in the background with gold keelhauled in front of it and it, it this would have been perfect <laughs> i mean in the long run i know a lot of people were upset that it wasn't on discount uh and they ended up still picking it up but it definitely bears bringing up that there was a big miscommunication on the way that this was presented and uh hopefully Hopefully in the future, this doesn't happen again. Hopefully people kind of go in with better expectations and they aren't disappointed as a result and that the uh, verbiage used to describe things like this is, it, while is on, you know, they had good intentions, all, all of them. They had good intentions for putting this out. They wanted to put out something cool that they thought would generate some revenue for the game. It did, but the messaging was could have been worded better and i've already stated that so uh, if you haven't gotten these again these are limited time they're only available through the stores you can't get them in game anywhere uh, they are purchasable for real money and the cost of them varies uh, depending on region i think um, for england it's uh, 669 pounds and for america it's uh, 799 um, dollars I can't remember so make sure you guys get a chance to take a look at these decide if you want them and uh, drop the coin if that's something that interests you because I, I know I already did I love them and as soon as I got onto a server to check them out I immediately got attacked by a brig who then taunted me for being so bad at which point I was like nope 
I don't care because <laughs> honestly, I wasn't trying to play. I just wanted to come check them out and they look beautiful. And I was playing around with different cosmetics to see what I could mix them with to, to come up with a really cool set for liveries. And with that, I think I'm going to put that topic down. Let's move into another topic. Next up on today's docket, I wanted to talk about Zavi. Z-A-V-V-I. You may be asking who Zavi is. Well, Zavi is now a company, maybe not necessarily the company that we'll be seeing uh, new stuff come to, but they are definitely the current company that is making available some rare merchandise. And you may be wondering how rare. Well, did I mention Cameo, Elements of Power? Or how about Battletoads? Or maybe Banjo-Kazooie? Now, surely you must be thinking of Viva Pinata, but no, you would be wrong because I'm talking about Sea of Thieves. That's right, they have finally gotten someone to start selling us some more merchandise. Now, if you don't know, right now, they are having a rare discount for Black Friday. I don't know when this is ending. I've taken a look, I can't quite find it, but they do have a Cyber Monday deal, and hopefully this comes out Cyber Monday, so you should definitely take a look at it. But you get free delivery when you spend over 50 pounds. Uh, I don't know if that applies to the actual pounds pounds for you know what what everyone would pay or just what uh, the UK would pay for this or England would pay. But if you spend over 50 pounds, you get free shipping. Um, and they have a discount right now where everything that is rare clothing, like uh, t-shirts, uh, sweaters, hoodies, things like that, those are 40% off the normal cost right now. And if you're just looking for actual merchandise like mugs or coasters, posters, uh, coasters, posters, that's, I didn't think about that, but coasters and posters, uh, they got them. They, they got that stuff for all of those different franchises that I mentioned as well, too. So if you've been looking for some Battletoad stuff or some Viva Pinata, Banjo-Kazooie, the only thing that they don't have at the moment that I'm hoping that they'll have in, in the near future is Conquer from Conquer's Bad for Day because that's still one of my favorite ones. Oh, and they also have Perfect Dark. I can't forget Perfect Dark as well. But those are available now. I'm going to have a link to their uh, website in the show notes. And they've got some really cool stuff in here. You know, they've, they've got the, the traditional Reaper's Mark Pride t-shirt in here. They also have some interesting Viva Pinata t-shirts. Now, a lot of these are going to be pretty simple uh, as far as like I'm looking at some of the hoodies. The hoodies mostly just have like logos and insignias on the front. Nothing too, too major. But they do have uh, something like a, a t-shirt or not a t-shirt, a, uh, a Battletoads hat that is actually pretty cool. It has like the actual Battletoads insignia on it and it looks really clean. It's it's actually super clean. They've also got a really cool uh, sea skull t-shirt, one that I'm, I'm actually eyeballing right now because it's a beautiful different varied blue uh, teal shade and it's just one of my favorite. It's the uh, same logo that they have coming with the uh, Lord Guardian sales uh, for the for the Sea of Thieves RP game. Something that I still haven't gotten uh, any word on whether or not that's shipping soon or not. So I'm kind of hoping that that happens ASAP because other people are getting it. And uh, I ordered mine the same time everyone else did. So hopefully that'll get there soon. But 
Back to the t-shirts. A lot of these are really awesome. They have a gold megalodon head. They have a really funny kind of looking um, old kind of 1930s, uh, 1950s, well, I'd say 1930s, 1920s looking shirt that has like uh, uh, on my way to Shipwreck Bay. And it's got like Shipwreck Bay and a, and a galleon in the background looks, looks awesome. But if you've been looking for merchandise um, for people that are, well, currently in the the you know if you're looking for a way to actually and actually i think i might have just found out how to yeah you can actually set this up so that it's not in pounds you can set it up so that it's in uh, usd as well i wonder if i can set it up so that it's in canadian uh shipping to the united states I guess it's all all just uh, so you got um, Australia, uh, Dutchland or Deutschland, Germany, um, Spain, France, Italy, Netherlands, and the UK are all the available company or uh, uh, regions and languages that you can switch it over to. You can switch it over to USD or Canadian if you really want to. Um, content. Oh, okay. Sorry. Sorry. I, I'm trying to understand what's going on here. Uh, but yeah, they've got, uh, oh man, God, I feel bad for Canadians. $35.99 for a, for a t-shirt, uh, in Canadian dollars. That's God, that feels bad. I'm so sorry, guys. I, I wish I knew what to do to help you. But, uh, anyway, so they've got a bunch of cool clothing now available for the holidays. Basically, this is basically what they wanted to get out. They wanted to get out some stuff out so that you could actually purchase stuff for loved ones if they do play Sea of Thieves or maybe for yourself as like a treat to yourself. I know that's what I tended to do with it. So if you've been looking for a way to purchase Sea of Thieves merchandise, because we've been so far gone without uh, a, a company to be able to, to buy stuff from, um, like now is uh, the opportunity. So take advantage, especially right now when they've got the 40% off sale for the rare clothing and the 10% off the merchandise deal. And again, if you if you purchase orders on Cyber Monday uh, for anything over $50 or 50 pounds or $65 uh, US, then you get that uh, you get that free shipping, which I'm noticing now is, is a lot higher for Americans. Um, but that's okay, because, uh, well, we're going to do it anyway. <laughs> so keep an eye out there. Again, show notes uh, will have the link to their website, um, as well as uh, any other links for the rest of this episode. Next up on the docket, I did want to bring attention to a new community spotlight. Now, this spotlight is not from someone who I would normally expect to get some recognition in the Sea of Thieves community, but definitely is one of the few people that I've known the longest on Sea of Thieves and deserves it the most. And that is Nina, who is better known as Carities or Carrots to many. And she has finally gotten to sit down with Cameron Thomas uh, over at Rare, and they've been able to talk about and get some questions in. Now, a lot of these are kind of talking about how she got into gaming, what she likes to play as far as rare games go, uh, and kind of what she's been playing recently as far as games like Red Dead Redemption 2, Destiny, Apex Legends, uh, very much in the sense of, of like a lot of shooters, but a variety of them. And then some of her favorite games being, of course, like Dr. Mario, Halo, Fable, and Portal. It's, it's hard to pick when you, when you get down to it. And she talks a lot about how she was in like the alpha testing program and how she's actually had 
a uh, uh, Easter egg in the game for a long time. If you ever go to Lost Gold Fort, and if you go into the back of the fort, you'll actually see pinned to a uh, post a list of all the pirates during the alpha testing who had the most gold. And of course, Carides has not changed. She still has a ton of gold and still plays this on the regular. And you might be wondering why she has uh, been picked out of the community to be able to talk with Cameron about some of uh, her going ons with the community. And a lot of it's because she has been streaming. In fact, she streams every morning. Well, practically every morning. Uh, if you go over to twitch.com or excuse me, twitch.tv forward slash C or K H A R. I-T-E-S. That's Carides. I'm going to have, again, her link in the show notes so that you can follow her over there. She has been streaming for well over a year, has been doing a great job of it, always has fun, and is, if you've, if you sailed with her, then you know uh, how to keep an ear out for danger because she does not let her crew uh, get away with being lazy in the sense that she will murder you all the time uh, as often as possible and with as big of a flourish as possible to the point where she even has a post stream carities uh, syndrome channel in her discord just for folks who want to gripe or get off the frustrations uh, that they've been having when they end up dying so many times because of her uh, but she's always got one of those uh, one of those personalities that just draws you back in. She's she's a great great addition to the Sea of Thieves community, and I'm so glad that she's decided to stick with the game. Uh, many like like many of us who just enjoy playing this game uh, so much. And I have to say, if you get a chance, read through the the Sea of Thieves uh, uh, community spotlight just to just to kind of give uh, Cameron, who did the interview, some love. Uh, as well as uh, Carides for taking the time to to kind of focus on that. And uh, I will just say, um, shout out to Eridar, who is in the, uh, the, the oh, I just blanked on it, um, in the CVS or CSV or CVS, I can never remember, CSV.RobinHood Discord. Uh, he's currently working on a project that is under NDA that I honestly can't wait for everyone to see. It is still in its early stages. I'm going to be helping out with it. And when I can talk more about it, I think a lot of people are going to have some interest in it. Uh, again, I can't really talk too much about it, but if you enjoy playing Sea of Thieves, I can imagine you'll enjoy this. Uh, in fact, I know you'll enjoy it because I'm already enjoying it and it's not even out there for everyone to check out yet. But just a little tease because I think he deserves it. He's been putting in a lot of work on this project and deserves as much attention uh, as one can can deserve when trying to do uh, what he's trying to do. And yeah, it looks it looks awesome right now. I can't wait to see how it gets, uh, how, it, how it turns out soon in the future whenever he decides it's good enough to announce for the, the regular public. Next up on today's docket, I did want to talk about something that isn't quite as praiseworthy as uh, a lot of people normally expect when they they listen to the podcast but this was something before i get into the community content that i did want to bring attention to and that's because it seems to be on everyone's mind uh, a lot of people i know have been 
fairly discontent with some of the problems that are going on with Sea of Thieves. Now, we just had a really awesome update. And in fact, an update that brought things that I've been hoping for and waiting for for quite a while and really enjoy. Uh, I actually really enjoy this update. Um, I've been having a great time. I managed to go out and find the different relics uh, that were on the tall tale, but I'll get into that a little bit later. And I wanted to dive into the things that have always plagued Sea of Thieves. And it's not skeletons, and it's definitely not crooks, crooked mast. Um, it's the bugs uh, that have been one of the biggest issues with the game. And the fact that it doesn't seem like we ever get an update that doesn't have some sort of bug. And of, of course, bugs are expected in many games. A lot of games have them. And a lot of games typically that are games as a service will run into them. But Sea of Thieves is definitely one of the ones that I would say is one of the more buggier games I play on a regular basis. Um, I know if I were playing something uh, like Heroes of the Storm or Call of Duty and I was running into bugs where things didn't load properly or things didn't work as intended, I'd probably get pretty frustrated with the game. But because I love Sea of Thieves so much as I do, I tend to overlook a lot of the bugs that we have in the game. And a lot of it is kind of the current state of the game as well, too. I, I've been finding myself a, a really unhappy with the current uh, combat mechanics for person to person. Uh, the swords don't feel natural. It feels very unpredictable when you're swinging a sword and sometimes it has a pause, sometimes it doesn't. Um, sometimes you, you feel like you attack someone and should be you know, should be a few swipes in, but they're still alive and they haven't eaten anything because they've been in your sight the whole time. So I wanted to bring up just the kind of general state of the game because it was about this time last year that we also had another update, uh, an update called Shrouded Spoils, an update that was solely introduced to introduce uh, the new types of megalodons, the roaming fleets of skeleton ships out and about, as well as a lot of uh, quality of life improvements to the game, something that I think uh, is sorely needed in the state that it's in now. It's, it's been a year since that update. We've had a lot of content added, but the problem is that we haven't felt a sense of refinement coming to each patch. Each patch feels like it is still retaining a lot of the major bugs that are currently in the game and have been in the game for quite a while. Things like silent boarding or things like uh, uh, the, the sword macro that people are abusing in arena uh, or things like... Um, the, the sword combat in general, uh, loot disappearing for the Fort of the Damned and for regular forts, uh, skeleton keys getting stuck, um, things like that, things that are, and, and that's not even bringing into, uh, into question the, the, biggest, um, the biggest bug, which I think is the one that, that frustrates the most people, which are the equipment errors that you run into when you log in. For example, I, I log in, I have one of the Sea Dog compasses when I've had uh, my Pirate Lore or Pirate Legend compass uh, equipped for quite a long time. 
and every session it pops right back. And of course, this is a known issue with Rare, but it's going on three months, I believe now, and that update is uh, has yet to actually be fixed uh, with each each new update. And I I kind of fall back on my original skepticisms about the about the the preparedness for Rare to handle. Uh, the monthly cadence of content that we're getting. And I, it's easy to be a naysayer. It's easy to be negative. It's easy to say like, oh, well, of course they can't do that. No one could put out that much content and have it keep ramping up and still maintain a sense of interest while not introducing a large number of bugs. It's, it's easy to go down that route. Uh, but I really want to to know if there's going to be uh, an update in December, because in December, uh, let's face it, Rare is going to take some time off during the holidays. Most gaming studios do. A lot of gaming studios shut down for you know upwards of a week just to give their their team a chance to do that. And because of that, they tend to have shorter time spans for developing content. And for everything that I can feel, uh, every, every, I mean, bear in mind, I have no inside knowledge on this. I, I haven't talked to the devs specifically about this stuff at all. And it feels like Rare is developing um, content that we're getting now about three months ahead of what we when we actually receive it um, content that that is coming out and then three months down the line we see it um, stuff that they te- they tease and stuff now obviously ideas pre-production all that kind of stuff happens probably about six months out but the actual lead up to the launch of that patch feels like it's pretty hot on the heels like it's still warm coming out of the oven uh, when we actually get it and I don't know that the insiders, uh, the insider build has been getting enough time to be able to, to actually, to be able to actually work on that now. And to speak to that, um, I am of a small percentage of people who are in the insiders NDA, but don't play the insiders that much because I don't want to be spoiled too much about the content that's in there because the content that's in there is unfinished and I'm not allowed to talk about it on the podcast. And I would talk about it on the podcast if I could, and I would probably play it more if I could talk about it. But but knowing that information and going into each episode uh, is, is tough to talk around once you know. And it's very similar to the the Wanda stuff that's in the game right now. Like I've I've had that hunch for a long time, and I have a feeling that we'll we'll see that that comes true. That it will actually be uh, Wanda, considering where she's at in in the world right now. And because of that, it's hard to talk around like the idea other ideas about it. You know, trying to come up with something else that would be uh, plausible if I didn't already have a pretty set in stone idea of who it is. Like it's hard to change my mind when I already feel so strongly about who it is in the beginning. Uh, And with that, I wanted to at least just kind of reach out to Rare uh, because you guys know, uh, any, any of the devs listening to this, if I don't talk to you, I still respect the hell out of you because I know that your entire day is built on making a game that is purely for enjoyment. And a lot of us are enjoying it as a whole. 
And there's nothing that's game breaking in the game right now. There's there aren't any bugs that I would say are so bad that it is impossible to play the game. But we're getting there. And I think this is something that rare should take into consideration that, you know, while while the first year of the game was out, we were getting large updates and we were getting minor patches in between, but it, it, it wasn't until we got something like Shrouded Spoils, which I will say, hands down, is the most stable the game had ever been. Uh, and, and we had a really, really stable system for quite a while. In fact, we had a stable system up until about uh, anniversary update when we had a lot more content introduced. Uh, the mercenary missions and the gilded missions didn't really impact it as much. I, I hope that we get some discussion from the devs uh overall kind of laying out maybe the next one or two updates that are going to be less feature focused and more quality of life focused because as as much as i love tall tales and as much as i love fire and new mechanics those are all great uh but if the game has so many bugs that it is hampering my enjoyment of the game because things aren't working as expected then it's going to be hard for me to want to 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 praise the new features that are in it's easy to talk about the stuff that's really cool and ignore the stuff that's really bad because you're having fun in the moment but when you're not and you sit back to think about it there's a lot that that you have to touch on that feels bad and you you want that to be fixed because you want to have a good sense of of enjoyment when when playing the game and everything to work as intended everything to to react as you expect and if you open a fort and there's no loot inside and you just spend all that time fighting for it and making sure that nobody took your fort of the damn loot then yeah, cool. You got credit for it towards the 50, but you know, that treasure's really important and for it to just disappear, that may not be game breaking, but it's definitely a, an experience hinder, uh, hindering on, on, in my eyes. So rare, I love you. Please fix the game. <laughs> and I know that was the worst thing I could possibly say, but um, I, I do hope that some of these start getting uh, uh, knocked out so that we can go back to just fully loving on the game all the time. Next up on today's docket, I did want to talk a little bit more about that last tall tale that we just got, the Sea Bound Soul, because to be perfectly honest, I still think it's one of my favorites. Um, outside of a couple, there are a couple that I think are just amazing. And, and considering this is the first one that we got that wasn't tied to the Shores of Gold, uh, this was a pretty awesome um, tall tale. And I'm going to get some spoilers in right now. So if you're listening to this and you, you haven't done it yet, the spoilers aren't too big, but if you just want to get away from any kind of spoilers, just let you know, pause it right now, come back after you've completed the tall tale one time and jump back in. Because after this, I'm going to be talking about some community stories as well as some emails that I got. Uh, and that should be it uh, as far as the news goes. But to dive into this latest tall tale 
it is definitely one of the one of the ones that I think was probably the the coolest for me in the sense that I was really excited to get something that was new and fresh that didn't feel like it was tied to Athena's fortune because that's definitely how this last uh, last set of tall tales the first set of tall tales was when we got those but this one being with um, Sir Arthur Pendragon Captain Pendragon from the Black Witch uh, being trapped by Grey Morrow in the painting and then having a random person, we don't even know who this guy is, but having someone and come and actually release him, but have him still tied to the, the actual portrait for the time being is really interesting because he definitely spent a lot of time on the Sea of Thieves helping, um, I guess, kind of release trapped souls. Uh, and this all kind of falls in line with the the Revenge of the Morning Star. Um, or wait, no, it wasn't. It wasn't the Revenge of the Morning Star. It what was it? Ah, oh, dang it! I can't remember which the first which tall tale it was. It was number seven. But you know what I'm talking about. So the thing that I wanted to talk about with this was the idea of sailing across the the Sea of Thieves to relive stuff that had happened in the past, and it was really cool to see using the ferryman's lantern but not even necessarily needing the ferryman's lantern for this until you got up to the islands but to see these ghostly ships out on the horizon and this was something that i actually thought that was was kind of a cool thing that they brought back to the game because this was actually something that was originally intended for the fairy of the damned these ships, the, the ghostly ones that you see uh, on the horizon, the way they kind of shimmer and they're transparent, those were the original design for the Fairy of the Damned back when the game was still in, I believe, uh, the alpha stages. It was after Unity, I believe, because they, they wanted to, uh, they actually had some texture work and stuff that they think they used in Unreal. But they had early clips, uh, videos, or, or not videos, but... Um, uh, images of what the fairy of the damned was going to look like and how it kind of shimmered into it into uh, the world and then it kind of left but it was always at night and it just looked really cool you know we've had things like the the kraken's call uh, between 3 and 4 a.m on every quarter of the hour and this was something that was supposed to be kind of like that something that was supposed to be out on the seas for you to see but if you got close it would always disappear and that's kind of what happens with these you're chasing uh the the history of these three galleons two galleons that had uh been in a, in a, a pretty loose alliance as they were going after a ship called the ashen dragon which uh up uh, according to pendragon was told that there was a trapped soul on board and the two galleons that were chasing after it actually sank and their souls were also tied to their remains so when you go out the first soul that you have to go find is the one of captain martha jane and uh pendragon gives you his journal as well as the enchanted uh lantern from the ferryman to go out and hunt down the remains of captain martha jane 
And the whole goal of this is to release her soul so that it is no longer bound to a skull, uh, which is unanimated as opposed to the skeletons where their souls are trapped in to their skeleton and they're now walking undead. But Pendragon uses his sword of souls to release her soul. And once she does uh, come out of the soul, she explains more story of what's going on and how you actually have to uh, follow her uh her story now as she leads you off to help kind of find uh captain randall stone randall stone is a a crew of the other ship who once they had actually engaged with the ashen dragon they realized how powerful that undead ship was and they started to break away once martha jane's ship went down And uh, Captain Randall Stone's crew was actually chased. um, uh, Well, no, sorry. They weren't chased. They ended up crossing paths with the Ashen Dragon again. Because if you go look for the dragon, for the actual journals, uh, the journals actually tell you the, the story from the captain of the Ashen Dragon's perspective. And it's kind of interesting because we're hearing the story from the second undead creature, uh, the first being Briggsy. This one is coming from the Ashen Dragon's captain, and they explain that they went to a certain island to go actually refit and restock after uh, getting into such a a heavy battle with two galleons and and limping away, barely surviving. But they actually cross paths with Captain Randall Stone's ship and end up uh, killing him on one of the islands and trapping his soul in his skull as well. So then you have to go to that island look uh with the ferryman's lantern find that that fight and what happened find his skull and then have uh pendragon uh arthur pendragon actually release his soul from uh his skull and uh it's it's kind of interesting to see um, because some of the, the way that you find these actual ships is by going to certain islands uh, that are based off of memories from these people that are then scribed into this book uh, for, for uh, Arthur Pendragon's journal. And once you get to these islands and you actually set foot on them, that's when you can then see the, uh, skeletal, the, the ghostly ships out on the horizon. And then you actually have to go out and actually get them. So once you free uh, Captain Randall Stone's um, soul from his uh, from his skull, he will then go on to explain uh, what happened to him, and then you realize that you still have one soul left to free, and that's the free the soul of the lost captain, and the lost captain is interesting because we find out that the lost captain is actually a captain that is on the Ashen Dragon, now. When you get sent out to the last island, you get there and you realize that the galleon, the Ashen Dragon, is actually being commanded by a a skeleton lord who has ordered uh, this sarcophagus, well not a sarcophagus, this, um, I just blanked on what they're called. What are they called? Tombs? Um, 
I can't think of what the heck they're called, but it's it's not a sarcophagus, but I guess it is kind of in a way. It's a it's a um, I can't think of what the heck the thing is. It's a tomb. It's a it's a coffin. It's a coffin. I figured it out. It's a coffin. Yes. <laughs> oh man, that was painful. That hurts. I'm gonna feel that later. Um, yeah. So you <laughs> you you realize when you get to the island where um, where where uh, the the ash and dragon is um, birthed that this skeleton captain has now been uh, laying to rest this coffin with this lost skeleton soul and. When you get there, if you've been paying attention outside of the world, um, you you probably already know who it is, but it's Captain Flameheart Sr. Not the Captain Flameheart Jr. that we have come to expect from the tale of Sea of Thieves. Not, Not the wimpy one. The real threat. The real Captain Flameheart. And when you get his skull... Now, bear in mind, this is the same captain that has a has a, the a missing finger, the finger that is on a necklace uh, that that looks like uh, Stitcher Jim is wearing. Once you actually grab his skull and leave, you are then attacked by skeletons who are there to guard the coffin. And once you defeat them, you give Captain Flameheart's skull to Arthur Pendragon, who then takes the skull and, with a large amount of effort, actually frees the soul within. And that's when you get one of the coolest freaking events I've seen in a game where it is in an open world, but you were just there and you have this moment where Captain Flameheart appears in the sky as a giant skull and he actually starts mocking you and telling you that everything that you just did was all to help him be freed, that his soul is now free and that the the crew that betrayed him and trapped his skull within his remains and then put him to rest, he is now free to come back to the Sea of Thieves and that his loyal crew, the crew of the Ashen Dragon, the skeleton lord that was on that ship, parted the actual shroud with just his sheer power and ushered the Ashen Dragon through the shroud to return once again. And now that Captain Flameheart Sr. is freed from his skeleton, his loyal skeletons will come back and he will come back and he will rain torment and torture and all kinds of vengeance on Sea of Thieves. And we're going to be there. He mocks us for having festivals. He calls out the merfolk. He calls out the, the pirates. He calls out everyone and says, you guys are wimps and there's no way I'm going to let this stand. And he's coming back. And that has me questioning because after that, that's it. That's the cliffhanger that we're left with. And I am really, really wondering where is Captain Flameheart Jr.? Is he on I-13? Because at this point, this tall tale, this tall tale, the seabound soul has nothing to do with anything that was going on over at I-13. None of the drawings that the masked stranger, who I'm just going to start calling Wanda now. It's Wanda. It's got to be Wanda. She's in the she's in her workshop. It's Wanda. So uh, none of the drawings, none of the the excavating that's been going on over there. Now you can find her locked away behind the 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 shed in her in her workshop, working on something in there. 
she has to be bringing back Captain Flameheart Jr. But for what reason? She has been a, a Flameheart uh, um, uh, uh, like loyalist for a long time. So why is she working on potions? Is she trying to bring back Flameheart Jr.? Is she trying to figure out how to become human again, as if it were some sort of Beauty and the Beast song montage? Like, what is going on? And why is Jim so complicit with what she's like investing her time in? He's he's trying to win back the favor of the merchants and the people of Sea of Thieves, and he's totally blind and oblivious to all the going-ons of what the Masked Stranger Wanda is doing. And I'm just going to say the Sea Dogs don't seem to really care much about anything right now. They aren't they aren't looking to do anything except have competition. The merchants don't seem too concerned with this at all. In fact, everyone seems pretty okay with what's going on except for anyone who's been noticing some of the weird happenings that's been going on. And if my pirate had a voice, uh, I would yell at Wanda and tell her, what the heck are you doing in there? You need to get the F out of there because, and that's EFF for all the kids, by the way, that's E-E-F. Um, it's a, it's, it's foreign language. Um, I can't remember which one, but it's, it's pretty sure it's, uh, <clears throat> pretty sure it's like, uh, like Hawaiian. Yeah. We'll go with Hawaiian. And, uh, yeah. So I, I really want to know what is still going on over I-13 because nothing has been resolved over there. There's still a bunch of digging. There's still the whole question about what are Reaper's chests and why do they have skeletons in them? Why are we getting skeletons for, for this, for the bilge rats? I don't understand. Where is uh, Lorena? And, and if she truly is the leader of the bilge rats, then, you know, who the heck is Duke? And why the heck is Duke so worried about what's going on that he's trying to find her? And, oh man, I'm just, I'm left with so many questions about what's going on and what's going to happen. All I can say right now is that I can't really blame Pendragon for what's going on. I hope that he shows up in the Pirate Lord or the Pirate Lords. No, in, in the uh, Pirate Legends Tavern and that we can speak to him. Because that dude has got some talking, talking to do, you know, he needs to get back somewhere where we can see him and talk to him on a regular basis uh, so that it makes more sense as to, to why he's doing what he's doing. But it's, it, it will, it'll be interesting. I'm really hoping that there's going to be some content somewhere that will give us a reason to use the Sword of Souls because right now we have the Sword of Souls if we've completed that mission and we're now the stewards of, uh, in my mind, it, we're, we're now the stewards of freeing souls and gosh darn it, if I find my skeleton out there, I'm going to free my skeleton soul so that I can have it back. So I guess that means, wait, does that mean that my pirate is technically soulless? I mean, I can be pretty ruthless. I can be pretty selfless. Uh, I can also be very selfish. But does that mean that I'm soulless if the skeleton Captain Logan is out there and has my soul trapped in him? And if I use the sword of souls on him, does that... I don't know, man. That's a that's a weird existential question. I was not anticipating this this uh, this late in the night. Let's let's move on from that. 
Next up on today's docket, I did want to talk about um, one or two other things that I just kind of realized as I was kind of looking at the uh, show notes and thinking about what I had maybe had missed. And one of those is that the Twitch Prime pack is uh, still available. So if you're not familiar um, and, and you've done, if you have Amazon Prime, which I know not a lot of people do, most people might, it's hard to say, but if you do have Amazon Prime and you are uh, on Twitch and you have that linked up, there is um, an, a website that you can go to. You may have already seen the notification pop up, but there is a new Twitch Prime pirate pack available. And it is essentially something for the sake of watching, getting something for the sake of watching Twitch Prime um, and, and not Twitch Prime and say, but at least having it. So what you get is an Amethyst Soul Monkey. Uh, you get three new emotes as well as the Celestial Steed Hull, Sails and Flag and Figurehead. Uh, the way to get it is just to be able to have Twitch Prime and link up Twitch Prime with the game. There's going to be a link in the uh, show notes again for that. So that way you can make sure you can uh, get those linked up and get those. That is something that is available for PC as well as Xbox. So everyone gets an opportunity to get those. Um, I definitely enjoyed the, the, the Purple Monkey. Um, I was trying to think, I can't think if I said pink or purple, but I'm pretty sure I said amethyst, which totally clears that up. Uh, but yeah, if, if you, um, if you want to, uh, check out the link in the show notes, it will take you to Twitch, uh, and see thieves, get those linked up to make sure that you get access to those cosmetics and stuff. Really cool to see. I'm very happy that they, that they're doing something kind of related to, um, the partnership that they had earlier on when they did the Twitch rivals, uh, the figurehead itself. Um, it's funny. It's a, <laughs> it's a unicorn. I'm going to be honest. It looks a little derpy, uh, cause it, it kind of, it's, it's basically a modified, uh, hunter figurehead, which if you've ever seen the hunter figurehead, it's that dark horse with the, uh, the black Zorro mask across the eyes. Uh, and it all, it also kind of looks a little derpy. Um, but yeah, I, <laughs> it's, it's okay. Not everything has to be for me. And this was something that came along with uh, the, the fact that I already have Twitch Prime and Amazon Prime, so I'm not too worried about it. Uh, the other thing that I wanted to talk about was something that is supposed to be coming in the next update. What do you mean? No, I told them. No, yeah, I, I told them. They know. It's December 11th. Yeah, no, I know, I I know it's coming out December eleventh. I told them that it's coming out December eleventh. You're sure? Okay. So, I guess if you guys don't know, the next update is coming out on December eleventh. My cats say that apparently I haven't mentioned that. I'm fairly certain that I did. I'm sure I will probably be proved wrong. But if you don't know, uh, yes, the 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 next update is coming out December eleventh 
when we are going to be seeing the portable ammo crates, something that I honestly had never run into. In fact, a lot of people that I talked to over this last week had mentioned that they hadn't actually seen one either. And I did notice on a lot of the ammo crates around the islands that there was definitely a difference in some symbols on the top. You know, most of them have always had the uh, the, the pistol on them. Uh, some of them I've been seeing have had like what looks to be um, actual pellets, uh, like shot pellets uh, on top of them. So I don't know if that is intended, but uh, it, it looks like the, the crates that were supposed to be portable ammo crates did not actually make it into the game as intended and should be coming out on December 11th, which means that December 11th's update should be going gold this week and uh, should be available next week with the uh, with the op opportunity to find those in game. So we'll have to see. I love it. I think it was kind of funny that um, Joe made reference to not being able to sit in the crow's nest with an ammo crate and like the sniper in Saving Private Ryan. Next up on today's docket, I did want to dive into emails that I got in from the community. This one comes to us again from Dadog and writes with a couple questions. The first being, are you eligible for the creator crew? Yes, yes I am. Uh, well, no, actually, sorry. Let me take that back. Technically, no, I'm not. Um, I'm not eligible, though I have signed up for the creator crew uh, and achieved all of the in-game achievements that you can do. Um, I don't think that I'm technically eligible, or at least I've been advised not to apply under the uh, streamer's um, version of the, the creator crews. Uh, I've been advised to hold off uh, on that. Uh, the second question you had was, will you be having any more guest content creators on the podcast? Uh, yes, if if I can get in touch with them and we can make a date and stick to that date, then I'm all for having other content creators on the podcast. I enjoy having that that uh, back and forth with those. Um, I've been trying to get Crotuck on the podcast since July. Uh, we've tried a couple times, but everything, you know, things keep coming up and we can't seem to, to stick a, stick to an actual weekend date. And then the uh, other question you had was out of the five most recent content updates, which was your favorite and which do you think could have used the most work? Five most recent are Black Powder Stashes, Dark Relics, Smuggler's Fortune, Fort of the Damned, and the Seabound Soul. That's actually pretty easy for me. I would say that the Smuggler's Fortune was the one that uh, was the one that I think could have used the most work. Um, it was definitely probably one of the least interesting ones to do. Um, it was also the hardest to have to to kind of you do by chance. Um, I, I think I had more problems with that one because of trying to spawn the um, Brian's Bazaar crates to be able to go pick those up and actually get them. I had the most trouble doing that. And it took a lot of emphasis away from going onto the islands, which I think is really integral to the enjoyment of Sea of Thieves. I think like having you go onto an island to do stuff and the longer you're there, 
the the better it is because you're technically there and you may not be able to keep an eye on the horizon or someone has more of an opportunity to come and attack you or to meet up with you or to meet up with other people and do stuff on the island. And I think the ships um, having too much emphasis on being cargo ships and doing runs from one place to another, it definitely detracts from some of the the mystical nature that Sea of Thieves has as far as being able to pull you into a world and kind of get you in that atmosphere like when you're you know really really deep in the weeds and in, in some of the the jungle areas on some islands or or you're really kind of high up and you're overlooking all the ocean it looks awesome to see ships in the distance and stuff like that uh, I really enjoy my time on the islands and I think when I did something like the actual smuggler's fortune it was my least favorite just because I was I was stuck sailing from sea post to sea post and it just wasn't all that exciting because everyone was doing other things or not the ones that I was doing. And yeah, it, it was more fun when I was done doing the ones that I had to do and just kind of going out and hunting down other ships to to pick up theirs. Uh, the one that I would say is my favorite is probably going to be gosh that's that's just say i would probably say the uh seabound soul um the addition of fire and the new tall tale uh added with the actual the the new quests to go out and find these emergent skeletons i think that's definitely been my favorite um the fort of the dam was really nice but i didn't like some of the implementation of the flame specific uh skeletons that you would find on island islands when you would kill like a random skeleton and get like a you would get a skull quest or you'd get like a, a an x marks the spot and you'd go and you dig it up and it would be one of those ritual skulls and then you'd start getting attacked by a skeleton that you probably didn't have a lantern for so it kind of killed the uh the the reason to try and kill them you just kind of ran away as much as you could and the fort of the dam was great but man did it drop off um I don't see that uh, in on servers. I think I saw one on a server the other day, and I was really kind of surprised because it was really early in the morning on in the U.S. And uh, it just it's it was nice. I think fifty was too many um, to to be able to do. I'm glad that the rewards for that were capped at ten, and I don't see too many people looking to try and do that uh, too often. It's kind of like the skeleton fleets. Like you're gonna do them when you set your mind to actually going out and doing them. Just based on how hard it is to actually gather up all of those different um, flames, even though, or, or lights, colors, uh, even though it is a lot easier to get the uh, red flame now. I think the, the lightning flame is the one that's now the hardest to actually acquire. Uh, I appreciate you writing in the email. Thank you so much again for, for writing in and asking those questions. Uh, hopefully those answers uh, were satisfactory enough. <laughs> And with that, I think that's about it. I've actually got uh, two emails that came in uh, this last week with uh, First Mace Logs, and both are really good. Um, both are pretty long. And because the episode's already running about an hour, because uh, I'm just that ranty uh, on some things that I, I felt like I wanted to get off my chest, um, I'm going to hold on to those. And I want to give them the uh, due diligence of making sure that I read through them again and again, get the stories in my mind so that when I actually sit down to tell you the stories, that it doesn't come across as me kind of stumbling over stuff as I read it. So I want to make sure that I get some time to kind of read those overs, do some uh, 
proofing on them and make sure that I can record them uh, hopefully during this week when I know I'll have more time just to record specifically for those and then I'll save those and plug those into the next episode so that you've got some good stories uh, to go because I can't imagine that this week will bring too much as we lead into the next update on the 11th. Yes, yeah, see, I, I told him again. You happy? Cats. These cats are never happy. Well, they're always happy. They just don't ever express that they're happy all the time. Anyway, I'm getting too deep into the weeds. Um, Pirates, that's going to do it for this episode. Thank you so much for listening. I appreciate it. If you want to get a hold of me, there are always uh, plenty of ways to do that. You can be just like the gentleman that sent in their information for their uh, their their different um, first mates logs, as well as questions, uh, feedback, things like that. You can always send me an email. The podcast email is capt.logun at gmail.com. You can always reach me on Twitter at C-A-P-T underscore L-O-G-U-N. You can always reach me in game at C-A-P-T-A-I-N-L-O-G-U-N. And you can always join the Discord. The Discord is great. It has a ton of different people who are constantly joining and finding new people to actually sail with. And if you guys didn't know, there's actually been a large spike in reviews. In fact, there's been so many reviews that I'm only one away from actually getting to a hundred, something that I, I honestly, I asked for, for you guys to get me reviews. You guys came in with those reviews. So I wanted to read out the reviews that I got just from the last week. Uh, I really appreciate it. Uh, Winston B wrote in five stars says, if you love the game, you'll love this. Logan does a great job in breaking down what's new in the game, what he thinks about it and what may be coming. The dog wrote in on Monday and says, five stars, amazing podcast, very informative. It's absolutely great. I have emailed Logan a few times with questions and he has answered them very well and clearly. I recommend it for anyone looking to learn more about the Sea of Thieves news. Then I got another one, uh, hashtag be more pirate, five stars from Trippy Terry. And you will be while listening to this podcast. Captain Logan does an outstanding job of bringing you the news and happenings inside the Sea of Thieves. This podcast covers just about everything you can think of news lores lore speculation and even mentioned microsoft store sales as it's close to black friday and he wanted to make sure his fellow pirates got in on some good deals thanks for almost a hundred episodes the best part is doing back uh, the best part is going back and listening to the beginning of the podcast it's so cool to hear the story from the beginning whether i'm getting ready in the morning or driving to work this podcast helps get me my sea thieves fix throughout the day and when i get home I'm totally pumped to hop on and sail, even if it's just a fish. Keep up the great work, Captain. Thank you, Trippy Terry. That was a lot, and I really appreciate the the story. I, I love that you're uh, that you're really enjoying the the backlog as well too. Uh, I know that's tough to listen to for me and uh, to go back. And the last one came in from Lyle Kun. Uh, well produced, informative, and always fun. Big fan. Great show. Thank you very much. I am one rating away from a hundred reviews. And that's over on iTunes or Apple Podcasts. I really appreciate all that you guys have done. You've all come through, especially my friends and companions and Sea of Thieves buddies in the past who've all come through and done a review and a rating at the end of the episode or at the uh, on the, the podcast in the past. Uh, I love you guys all so much, and I, I couldn't be happier that you're part of the Sea of Thieves community because I really think that you've you've 
brought a lot of joy to the community in your own ways um, beyond just, you know, supporting other content creators and becoming content creators yourselves, actually. So with that, Pirates, I think that's going to do it for this episode. Thank you. I love you. And I look forward to sailing with you on the Sea of Thieves. <laughs>